Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have an Attacking Third weekend preview. NWSL action is back. The regular season rolls on. Before we get into everything, though, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok for all news and updates at Attacking Third. And subscribe to us on YouTube for NWSL Extended Highlights, exclusive interviews, so much more. You can also catch our live recaps. Go to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, it's back. We're back in business. NWSL regular season rolls on. Challenge Cup is behind us. Shout out to the Courage for winning the Challenge Cup. But now we're got to stay on the long grind of the of the regular season. How are you doing today, pal? I mean, this is it. This is the start of the next how many months? <laughs> so many, so many months. So many months through October, the end of October, we, right? We don't creep into November with the regular season this year, um, but there's a lot ahead of us, a lot of changes already, because if you look at the NWSL standings, it's bonkers, and that's not what it'll look like in a few weeks, um, but we're going to talk about all of that. I am good. I'm excited to chat about this with you. Um, I got like some personal stuff going on. My social media Instagram account was hacked. So apologies if anyone follows me there, but huge shout out to Liz, a listener of the podcast that is helping me get it back. So (laughs) thanks Liz. You're the best. (laughs) Right on. Appreciate as always the good people helping other good people is always a nice combo. So shout out to Liz for sure. Uh, And you know, like all of our listeners, they're they're here to hear our picks. What we think is going to happen in these matches coming up uh, during the weekend. We've got Friday through Sunday action for NWSL. Let's just take a quick rundown of these matches of what uh, people can see over the course of the next three days. Portland Thorns versus OL Reign. It's going to be the first edition of the Cascading Rival in the regular season. That's going to be kicking off on CBS Sports Network on Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Orlando Pride versus KC Current Saturday with the triple header. 6.30 p.m. Eastern, Paramount Plus. Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage also on Saturday kicking off at 7 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus racing Louisville versus Houston Dash, closing out that triple header Saturday kickoff at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find that one on Twitch. San Diego Wave FC versus Chicago Red Stars opens up the double header on Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, and a dual kickoff time with Washington Spirit versus Angel City also at 5 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. Let's talk about them, Lisa. Let's get ready to talk about these games and make a couple picks. Gunning for the top. We've got a number of teams. It's very, very early in the season, but we've got a number of teams that are trying to stay in that pretty position at the top of the table. Let's start with Portland Thorns versus OL Reign. Look, longstanding rivalry 
between these two Pacific Northwest sides. It's going to be a late one if you're on the East Coast. Right now, again, early, but number two in the standings for Portland Thorns. All rain at the near bottom at number 10. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're taking all this with a grain of salt. Again, we're talking week three action for the regular season. Anything can happen because it's, it's, it's going to be oh, a long yeah. one this year in 2022. But when we're looking at these two teams going head-to-head this weekend, Lisa, who are you picking and why? This is a really tough pick because Cascadia rivalry, we know that in years past, history shows that these two teams, really anyone can take it given the day, Um, whether it's home field advantage or being so hyped up that you're traveling and you're not at home and you want to take down Portland in their own stadium, whatever it may be. Um, I think we have to look at the history of these two teams, recent history of OL Reign coming off of three games last week and three games that really did not go in their favor because the challenge cup semifinal, um, a number of different calls there that didn't go their way. And as we talked about OL rain playing against racing Louisville in the second week of the regular season, we talked about how fired up Laura Harvey was going to be and, this entire rain squad because of how that semifinal went. Then OL rain get dealt um, a a two, two draw against racing Louisville. One of the goals ending up being an own goal. There was a lot of discourse about this game and kind of how it all unfolded, which I just think the pressure is building in OL rain. And with Laura Harvey, as soon as that game ended, the, the camera zoomed in on head coach, Laura Harvey's face after that Louisville tie. And she looked pissed. She looked pissed. And I don't blame her because this is an OL Rain team that is really good and really stacked. And they haven't been able to close out their recent games. Um, And because of that, I think that they were able to take a turn. And and maybe that this week is going to be a deep breath for OL Rain as they face their rivals in Portland Thorns. It's almost like status quo at this point because these two sides know each other so well. Whereas OL Rain playing Washington in a semifinal and then racing Louisville, that's a new side that they haven't seen yet this year. There's a lot of changes and a lot of differences. Meanwhile, Portland, they're coming off that 3-0 home win against Kansas City in the first week. And they've had nearly two weeks off. I mean, a bye week coming last week because their competition was playing in the Challenge Cup final. So a lot of time for Rain Wilkinson and Portland to get things generated and reset and reformat everything. Now, that being said, with Portland getting the bye week and OL Rain coming off three games in one week, I think I'm going to give this to OL Rain, but this is really tough for me. I could see a draw as well. I could see a draw in this one. Um, I think Sophia Smith for Portland Thorns is going to show big in this game. She's had time to rest and recover, and she's a player that just loves to play. She got the third goal for Portland in their match versus Kansas City, um, and Sophia Smith is someone that w- really wants to make a difference and an impact in this league. Um, so I expect some big things from her, but honestly, I see OL Rain taking the win on this one what about you i like i like the energy going around uh, the rain in this one as well i think we're going to start off this episode going the same way i i know that we hear a lot about maybe extra time off being beneficial for some teams but i don't know if that's necessarily going to ring true for a team like portland and 
there's something about <laughs> seeing a Jess Fishlock led Rainside go into Providence Park and take on the opposition, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the ri- their known rivals. So it's always a very thrilling type of match. I think that uh, O.L. Rain are just a little bit tired in, in a number of ways. They're coming off of a week or about an, an eight to nine game day stead there where they had three games all at once. And now it's been a little bit of a, a regular week, I guess, is what we could refer to it as in terms of preparations for uh, a fixture in front of them and with the travel in this one it's not that long it's it's a little bit of a shorter one so it's a little bit different in terms of uh, these two teams and when they prepare to go head to head to each other I mean I was almost leaning for a draw in this one because again it's early it's week three there's enough here where there's an a there's enough familiarity with each other we talked about that B it's the it's the fact that it's one of the longer standing rivalries in the league and and C you have uh the two teams uh, who are going to be playing on CBS Sports Network. I think sometimes there's that little added component of, hey, this one's going to be on, on, on cable. This one's going to be on TV. Sometimes there's a, that, that little bit of peace that's in the back of your head. But for me, what was the X factor was some of the four things that you mentioned already. We're looking at these standings. And again, no one's really paying that close of attention to them right now this early no. in the league. But I think when you're a team like the Rain and you had set a certain standard for yourself, Coming off of the match days that you have just gone through, you're gonna want to try to get that 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 W already in this in this regular season, no matter how early it is. So hopefully they are able to sort of get that off of their back and do it in a big way in a, in a rivalry match. So I am also going with all rain in this one as well. Let's chat a little bit about this next match that we have for teams that are gunning for the top of the standings. We have San Diego Wave FC versus Chicago Red Stars. San Diego, number one, not sitting on top of the table. Going up against Chicago Red Stars teams that's sitting at number four right now. We chatted a little bit about how Portland uh, had the time off due to some uh, rescheduling of things due to the overlap between the regular season and the Challenge Cup. And Chicago Red Stars were the other team that had to go ahead and maybe do a little bit of rescheduling uh, of their fixtures as well for the regular season. But sitting in the standings in terms of uh, a position you want to be in that upper half of the table, but they're going to be going up on the road against a San Diego Wave FC side that is the team in the NWSL with two wins under their belt. And uh, they've made uh, Terrell Stadium out in the West Coast a little bit of a difficult place to play if you're the opposition who are coming in. So when I'm looking at the Chicago Red Stars, I think there's a number of questions here that are coming into play when we're looking at this team going on the road. So I think the biggest ones, right, I think are the injury concerns. Again, we're doing this preview ahead of official availability reports that are coming out via the league. However, there was some media availability with the Chicago Red Stars prior to us hopping on here. And head coach Chris Petroselli said that this week coming up against San Diego Wave FC, Morgan Gatra is still uh, dealing with her, her calf injury. They're taking, they're being cautious with that. You don't want something like that to turn into more of an Achilles issue. And with Mal Pugh, she had initially been out under uh, concussion protocol. And though she is more active in trainings, getting more touches, 
Petroselli did mention that perhaps this week might be too soon to see the return of Malpew, despite her getting more time in trainings with the club. So this is another scenario, Lisa, in which we might see this Red Stars team have to try to scrap out a result without some pretty key players in their lineup. So when we're looking at these two, I got to say, I think the time off might benefit this Red Stars team since they are going on the road. That's not a short road trip. This isn't like Portland versus the rain. It's a little bit longer from Chicago to San Diego. And uh, we have a a rain or excuse me, a wave side that is coming off of a maddening type of result, right? This ridiculous lopsided win against Gotham FC where Alex Morgan put up four goals and Petroselli also joking a little bit about how he hoped that maybe Nike is going to take her out on a photo shoot somewhere because she's going to be tough for them (laughs) to target and pin but that is someone who they are going to be tasking themselves or challenging themselves with in terms of keeping an eye on so I'm going to say with this one I think that San Diego is still going to pick up a result but I think it's going to be a draw. I think these two Ooh. teams are going to play out to a draw. Chicago, I think, has shown pretty early on that they are a pretty organized team that are frustrating to play against. And I think they're going to rely a lot on their defensive organization and their shape in this match. Who's going to get the goal? I'm not too sure. Uh, but who knows? I would love to see it be maybe a narrow scoreline, 1-1 versus maybe a 0-0 scoreline. But I think this one has the, the makings of a draw. I like the picks for not just a draw, but a one-one draw because I see that as well. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with a San Diego win in this one. And I had a lot of push to go for go for a draw, but the way that San Diego has been playing, I mean, they've played Houston and Gotham, not the strongest competition throughout the Challenge Cup, whereas Chicago defensively, as you said, so structurally organized. However, San Diego leads the regular season in goals with five. They lead the league in chances um, created with 23 in their two games, um, but only one assist and four of those goals coming from Alex Morgan in that Gotham game. So there's really like one-sided attack we're seeing from San Diego. However, they have two shutouts. They've come away with two clean seats in their regular season games. So defensively, I think San Diego actually has a lot there because they have Kaylin Garrett in goal. They have Dahl Camp and Germa, like defensively, San Diego could hold down a team. And I don't think we're going to get the best attacking performance from Chicago due to the the lack of availability from a player specifically like Mallory Pugh. And and playing at home, I think I give San Diego the upper hand in this one. But if it's a draw, I'm I'm honestly not going to be surprised. But I I take San Diego staying at the top of the standings, three points, three weeks in a row, just rack them up to nine. I mean, Alex Morgan, maybe she'll get a hat trick. She won't quite go for four, but maybe she'll go for the three this time. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. I don't think it's unfair to, to take all that into consideration and go with uh, with San Diego. But uh, I think it might come down to a goalkeeper battle. We've got two oh, good yeah. ones in this one. So we'll see. That's why that's what pushed me the other way towards a draw. Let's talk about our final matchup during uh, this gunning for the top segment. We're going to chat a little bit about Washington Spirit versus Angel City. Washington coming up as the Challenge Cup runners up the number three seed right now in these standings. Angel City, number six, their game, first game on the road. Angel City having a a back-to-back homestead to kind of kick off their regular season. Lisa, when we're looking at these two teams, two teams who are gunning for the top, who are you picking and why? 
I love this battle. And the fact that Washington gets to stay home, as you mentioned, Angel City going on the road to Audi Field to play a really good Washington Spirit team. Um, Washington's coming off that tough Challenge Cup final loss against North Carolina. Um, a bit of a battle there. Lots of high emotions throughout that match as well. And Angel City is coming off a really narrow 1-0 loss to Orlando that they suffered at home. Um, a really early goal from Sydney LaRue. And then Angel City had so much of the possession, so much of the power throughout the rest of that game. Um, this game is going to be really good. I'm really excited to watch it and see how players like June Endo, Savannah McCaskill, Danny Weatherholt in the midfield for Angel City can go against a, a Washington spirit midfield that controls a lot of the game. Um, the, the front three for Washington or four even because I'm going to throw Anna Helferty into that mix with Rodman, Hatch, and, and Sanchez they're really difficult to to control and to maintain. And depending on uh, availability reports for Angel City's backline, if Allie Riley is still out for COVID protocol, I hope she's not though, and I hope it was more just protocol and she's not actually sick, that Angel City has a better chance of controlling them. However, that front line for Washington is quick and they're dynamic and they love to have fun and play, just play soccer. Because of that, I'm going to give Washington the upper hand in this one. Um, Angel City, they might get a goal. I, I honestly see like a bit of a shootout here in like a 2-1 yeah. to Washington. Uh, although Aubrey Bledsoe, I, I hope she's doing all right after she got a bit of a knock to the head in the Challenge Cup final. Um, but a big, big game from her coming up against Angel City and, and Kristen Press, namely. But yeah, I'm going to go Washington in this one. I'm, I'm even going to put a scoreline on it, 2-1 to Washington. Okay, I respect that. I think that's fair. I'm I'm with you though on on this one. Uh, I'm looking at these two teams, and I'm leaning towards Washington Spirit in this one as well. I think they've got a lot of great pieces there. They've been navigating this early part of 2022 without somebody like an Andy Sullivan in the mix of their midfield, uh, and we'll see if she's available for for this type of match. But even without her, they've been putting together some pretty strong performances. The uh, the attack in their sort of trio between Sancho. And, and Hatch and Rodman has been active. They've been producing. And I just think uh, being at home, going up against an Angel City side that we're starting to see break out a little bit. They're starting mm -hmm. to see games against teams that they did not face in their West region. So they are facing up against teams that they don't necessarily have familiarity with. And we're starting to maybe see this team get a look, get runs out and trying to figure things out on the pitch. And when you're an expansion side, you start to see as you play more experienced sides, teams that have been together, especially a team like the spirit who are coming off a championship run, things can kind of be a little bit different or a little bit tricky to unlock, uh, you know, when you're going up against a team like that for the first time. So it is because of that, that I'm going to be leaning towards Washington spirit in this one. I do hope it is a scoreline like two one. I like what we're seeing in the uh, buildups for angel city. We're just not seeing the end product there. So hopefully we get to see it in this one, but I'm also going spirit. Uh, against Angel City in terms of our picks. That's it for our Gunning for the Top segment. We have to talk about three more games, though, and we're going to do that right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the competition. The competition continues for these next six teams that we're going to chat a little bit about over the weekend. Let's start with Orlando Pride versus Kansas City Current. Or Orlando Pride sitting at number eight. Kansas City Current sitting at number 12. Let's talk a little bit about these two teams, Lisa. Because, again, we've... We've talked about Kansas City before and during the offseason and even during uh, their Challenge Cup run that uh, we've been a little bit impressed with, with some of their play and some of their individual performances that they've been putting out there. But they're starting off their regular season now with two losses. Mm-hmm. And despite some of the interesting things that we're seeing in between the lines for this team, they've yet to pick up a result in this regular season where we're looking at this Orlando Pride team going on the road and getting a win against Angel City. So when we're looking at these two teams, Orlando Pride getting to to host in this one, who are you picking and why? I am so intrigued by these two sides because, as you mentioned, Kansas City, they're struggling right now, which I did not foresee watching them throughout the Challenge Cup and watching them go to the semifinals and and be just this disruptive team that had so many things going for them. They hit a bit of a speed bump getting these back-to-back losses. I mean, Portland was a bit of a shock factor for them losing 3-0 and then going up against Houston, which was – a team that they had beaten twice throughout the Challenge Cup and then ultimately getting handed that loss. Now they are going to play a team like Orlando Pride who had very minimum expectations throughout the Challenge Cup but ultimately has been on the up and up just beating Angel City. They've gotten Sydney LaRue back. They've gotten uh, Aaron McLeod back in goal with with having those two players back and, and the combination and the familiarity building uh, between Orlando's front line with Darian Jenkins and Nan's daughter and Sydney LaRue, Orlando on this bit of a swing right now where this season we're going to, I'm predicting a lot of ups and downs, like, like a little bit of a, a hilly slope for this Orlando pride team where they're going to go on a run and win a few games, rack up a few points and then um, things the wheels might get loose a little bit before they can tighten them back up again. And we're seeing that stretch right now for Kansas City where they haven't done as well as they want. They've had a week to regroup, a week to prepare themselves for an Orlando Pride team that, right, is coming off of a really big win. And now Kansas City has to travel to Orlando. This match, honestly, I see a draw between these two sides. Okay. I, I I do because they're I think they're very evenly matched. They haven't seen each other yet because right. Central versus East Region. Um, but throughout their their play and the styles of play between these two sides, pretty similar. I'm going to say because Orlando, they're going to look to go fast and furious, get long balls over the top, get Kansas City's backline facing their own goal, running towards their own goal. And then you have Sidney LaRue, Darian Jenkins hunting down the ball, 
whipping crosses in, being just dangerous threats in the attack in a variety of ways once they get the ball in the attacking end. And for Kansas City, a lot of the pressure rests on, uh, besides Kristen Hamilton and Haley Mace, a lot of the rookies for this team. Kansas City, four or five rookies coming into this team and that get time, might even see four of them start. Orlando Pride, four or five rookies coming into this team. A few of them get the starts. So it's going to be a young battle between these two. Ultimately, I see it as a draw, splitting points between Orlando and Kansas City. What do you have and, and what really are you looking at between these two sides that haven't faced each other yet? You know, I think for Orlando, I want to see a, a little bit more continuity from what they were presenting during that match against Kansas City. They got this ridiculous goal from somebody like Sidney LaRue who can turn something out of nothing, right? And this was an early early like second minute third minute type of goal and then there just wasn't anything else after that in terms of finding the finishing in, in the back of the net I would like to see a little bit more build from that on the Orlando pride side of thing and for Kansas City current a little bit similar they've been coming out of some of these matches particularly their most recent game not the not the three0 loss against Portland that was a struggle let's just call a, a duck when it quacks that it's a duck. That was a tough game for them. They did not. They were not active in the final third. They they had a tough tough day, but they were coming out and put, putting up shots, getting some attempts on target during their previous match in week two, and unfortunately were unable to come away with the result either. So I'm hoping that we're going to see something similar for Kansas City as well. I would like to see continuity for both of these teams, which is why I don't blame you for picking a draw because we might see these two teams still try to continue to build off of what they've been doing in these early weeks in the regular season. I just think a game like this could come down to a strong individual performance and I wouldn't be shocked if it's gonna be somebody like a LaRue if she's still available for Orlando Pride or somebody like a Kristen Hamilton for Kansas City current because I think a little bit will depend you talked about the rookies is somebody like Elise Bennett available for the current going up against uh, Orlando Pride was listed as questionable in that previous match and she's someone who has helped kind of stretch these back lines and uh, create these attacks for the current and I think it might come down to maybe some 1v1 battles here with Hamilton and LaRue. You mentioned Elise Bennett. She was questionable for the match, Kansas City against Houston. Right before that, changed to out. And I was on the call for that game, and we saw Elise Bennett in street clothes on the bench. So she didn't warm up. She wasn't even dressed for that match. So I I don't know. It's tough to say. It's tough to be here and be like, oh, like a rookie who has seen a handful (laughs) of games with this team is a huge loss. But that is how impactful this player was for the current uh, in light of losing somebody like a Lynn Williams to the season. So it's 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 maybe it's a little funny or a little early to say like, oh, like, how could you consider this type of player already a loss? But based on her production and how she was opening things up there. Yeah, I would absolutely consider that a loss. So I, I, I think in, in this one, in terms of my my pick, I want to say a draw, but I think it's going to come down to individual performances. And I just want to tip that a little bit to Orlando. I think Sydney LaRue is going to maybe build on things. And I'm going to go narrow. I'm going to say maybe it's going to be another 1-0, but I'm going to go Orlando in this one. I, I see where you're coming from with that. And and against Angel City, Sydney LaRue, she played 90. I think Leah Pruitt, she Leah also did play 90 minutes in that match. And their high press was really impressive. And against Kansas City, if Pruitt, LaRue, Jenkins can continue that high press, look to turn the ball over early, 
we've seen Kansas City make mistakes trying to build out of the back, right? They've got Weinbrenner in the back, Luera in the midfield, all these rookies that are still learning the pace of play. And when you have Sidney LaRue hunting you down and Leah Pruitt and Jenkins that aren't giving you an inch of space, I see that. I see like a quick turnover, like transitional goal for yeah. Orlando. So you have Orlando. I'm going to stick with my draw between these yeah. two. I have a feeling you're going to be a little bit more correct on this one than I am. But every once in a while, I like to try to be brave. So let, let's go with that. <laughs> We've got two more matches to talk about as the competition continues. We're getting into teams now that have familiarity with each other. Let's talk about Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage. Lisa, I'm just going to kick it off. When I'm looking at these two teams in the regular season, they're sitting uh, number seven, <laughs> number 11 right now. But again, we're talking about a Courage team that just came off of a Challenge Cup victory, hoisting the cup up and winning their seventh title for the franchise. When I'm looking at these two, knowing that they have some head-to-heads in Challenge Cup group stage, I'm going with North Carolina Courage on this one. I'm going to make it quick and easy. Who Ooh, are I you love- going with in this one? I love the quick decision. You're you're not thinking about it too much. You're just gonna go with it. And honestly, I love that. Um, you mentioned these two time these two teams. They did play each other the first time in the Challenge Cup. North Carolina wins two nil. Second time, it's a draw one one between Gotham and North Carolina. For Gotham, it was Ifianamano who ended up getting that lone goal for Gotham, which. Gotham, a team that did not have a lot of offensive production throughout the Challenge Cup, even throughout their first couple of regular season games, just struggling on that side of the ball. And, and a team like North Carolina Courage, who is is without Caroline heading into this match. We know she's dealing with a bit of an injury after the Challenge Cup final. Uh, Kiki Pickett just underwent some knee surgery and she'll be out. She's put on the 45-day list for injury report. They're hurting right now. And and as the Challenge Cup went on, North Carolina, they were gunning for that Challenge Cup. They they wanted the win. Uh, we just had an incredible interview with Carson Pickett, defender for the Courage, about how she wanted to win. They, they didn't want to lose. They wanted to keep playing despite having – to miss a regular season game and having to play back-to-back-to-back games, three games in nine days. They wanted to play and they wanted to win. Now that it's the regular season, it's almost a bit of a, a reset for North Carolina as they are out missing a certain players with injury, but they get to face a really familiar Gotham side that they saw throughout the Challenge Cup. Um, and, and Gotham, they're coming off that tough loss to San Diego, 4 nil. That's really bad, honestly. That's really bad for Gotham. Um, between these two sides, I think North Carolina is going to win and, and just dominate over Gotham. I'm I'm actually hopeful that Gotham gets a goal, gets gets one, two on the board. I mean, when you look at their personnel between Christy Mewis, Margaret Purse, Paige Monahan even has been playing really well. If you Anamano in their front line and Caprice Didasco, who attacks down the flanks, they have a lot of the makings to get goals and just yeah. depending on how North Carolina can defend against that with the players that they have and the smart skills they have. Um, we'll see about that, but North Carolina is going to control the midfield, even without Caroline with Sabina in there and Denise O'Sullivan, who went on a run throughout the challenge cup. The midfield battle is going to be won yeah. by North Carolina, which ultimately will lead to the courage winning this match. I think, yeah, looking at the middle third is important, but I mean, even if we're looking out wide on the flanks, we're talking about uh, Pickett and Matthias potentially going up against a Didasco and possibly an Imani Dorsey. Uh, what are we going to see in, in those battles? Are they going to kind of cancel each other out? What's going to happen? You know, if, if that does come to play out where there's a little bit of isolation or a little bit of kind of, you know, canceling out of the other things on, on the flanks and 
play has to be forced through the middle. I'm giving that advantage to uh, players like Davinia and Denise O'Sullivan yeah. for the courage. So I just think in this one, there is going to be a result. It's going to be a win and, and or a loss. And I think uh, you and I are both going with courage. So we'll see how that plays out. Final one for this one, uh, Racing Louisville FC versus Houston Dash. Again, another pair of teams who have some familiarity with each other already being in the central region group during the challenge cup racing Louisville sitting at number nine in the regular season standings right now and Houston dash sitting at number five. When we're looking at these two, Lisa, I got to say, I think this is the one that I'm looking at and saying that this is going to be a draw for me in this one. I just think that there's too much familiarity here. I just think that these are two teams who are going to be eager to try to make sure that they post the results. So I'm hopeful that it's going to be a good game. And I'm hopeful that we might even get some goals in this one. I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe does turn into a little bit of end to end with a little bit of a shootout. Uh, but I think if there's the whole mentality and concept of, well, you scored now I'm going to score kind mm-hmm. of energy. And I think we could be in for a fun one but I think it might settle out into a draw. Who are you looking at in this one and why? You mentioned a shootout. These two teams, they played twice in the Challenge Cup. First time, Houston wins three to two. Second time, Houston gets the second win two to one. So look at those goals. Five in the first game, three in the second match. Both teams scoring. Yeah, you're not wrong if history continues to prove itself because these sides, they like to play a bit open and that's maybe for a lack of structure that they have in the middle of their field that neither team has such a dominating midfield for Houston they've dropped forward Rachel Daly back into the midfield into that attacking 10 role and she controls so much more of the game from there but she often is dropping so far back for Houston to pick up the ball in the defensive end to then kickstart the attack that she almost needs to be playing the ball to herself so like a long diagonal ball and then Daly receives it from the pass from Daly of course, that can't happen. But because of that, Houston's midfield is really, really open. And they do look to go quick, finding a BAM up top and Shell Prince, um, whether it's Shea Groom, maybe getting her start in the front line as well for Houston. And, and for Racing Louisville, they play really open as well. I mean, it, they do when they look to find their forwards. It's just because there's not enough stability in the midfield. Um, so you have a draw between these two sides. I'm not going to go with the draw just for the sake of switching it up, even though I initially had a draw dubbed for this one. Houston got the double win against Racing Louisville um, in the Challenge Cup. Houston's also coming off of a 2-0 win against Kansas City last week. Racing Louisville, they're coming off a 2-2 draw to O.L. Reign. They played against the big guns in O.L. Reign and Laura Harvey's side in Seattle at Lumen Field. I give the upper hand to Racing Louisville right now. They know what it takes to compete. They know what it takes to be gritty against a team that is so organized and ultimately getting an own goal in that match. But, hey, a goal is a goal. I think Jess McDonald can prove some dangerous things against Houston. We saw a lot from Lauren Millay and CeCe Kaiser. Um, Katie Lund has been tremendous in goal for Racing Louisville, I believe. So I'm going to give the nod to, to the purple side here, Racing Louisville. All right. I respect it. Let's close it out with a little bit more women's soccer action. Listen, watch this game. The FA Cup final is going to also be taking place on Sunday. That one's early in the morning. It's got a 930 Eastern time kickoff. So you can start your game, your Sunday with a FA Cup final action and then close out your Sunday with NWSL action. It's going to be Chelsea versus Manchester City, May 15th, 930 a.m. Eastern time. 
50,000 tickets have already been sold for this one in Wembley. Let's 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 have some fun, Lisa. Make a pick in this one. I love this. I love that the tickets have been sold. Um, I have to give the nod to Chelsea. They're on a run right now. They've got Sam Kerr, who's just on fire, racking up goals, being being a game changer in all of these matches. Um, they're going for the three-peat, I believe. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Chelsea in this one. Who do you have? I, I feel you. Yeah, listen, Ma- Manchester City has some weapons. I'm a big fan of, of Bunny Shaw and, and what she can bring mm-hmm. on, a, on a game day. But uh, I'm looking at sort of the run that Chelsea's been going on, and I can't help but wonder if this momentum is going to propel them in something like the FA Cup final as well. So I'm also tipping my way towards Chelsea as well. And hopefully we get to come back and say, hey, we were right. But if not, hopefully we just get a good game. Let's close it out there, everybody. Watch so much soccer if you can over this weekend. Watch all the soccer. Watch all the (laughs) soccer. You can watch most of it on Paramount+. Plus. I'm just saying. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third, as always. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. If you have questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast with your question and we will answer during a mailbag segment we'll be back sunday live for our weekend recap of nwsl action for sandra herrera and lisa roman this was attacking from producers matt damon and ben affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band u2 kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on paramount plus go to paramount plus to try it free Terms apply.